Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to follow up on the Ohio cover-up, the continuing chemical spill cover-up that's, I mean, there's no better cut, there's no better term for what we're seeing today. I mean, it's, I'm including what we went over the day before yesterday, but adding on to, on to this with some great research being done by all sorts of individual average people out there. This is, this is incredible. I mean, it's, I'm still trying to decide whether or not I think that this is something that just so happened to have occurred while other things are happening or whether this was a deliberate act to hide other larger things. You know, there's a lot of possibilities here. I'll give you my thoughts as we go through today. But there's just this, this is an, this is a, a large, there's a, usually there's a lot of conversation. I brought this up on AM wake up around these things in, in particularly when we don't have enough information, a lot of people will immediately call things hoaxes or in, which is a fair consideration. You know, could it be always allowed to always good to ask that question, but a lot of people will tend to jump that gun and call these, you know, but this time I haven't seen a lot of that. And what's interesting to me is that's where I was going with that is I just don't think this is even on the table in that conversation. This feels like something like my first thought before was about whether or not there was something else going on there. And this whole entire thing was an action or an effort to kind of hide what, what else was on this train, what else was going on. I mean, how else do you explain 10 days? 10 days of absolute blackout, even from independent media. Only on the 11th, the 10th was at least, I'm sure there was somebody out there pointing at it, locally and otherwise. But where was Fox News? Where was CNN? Only Fox even covered this after the independent media got wind of this. 10 days later, like they've got news correspondence. How is nobody talking about that? It's really, really telling to me that there was this blackout window during, of course, which we saw UFOs and balloons and all sorts of normal things that completely didn't distract us from what else was going on. So it just makes you wonder what was going on right then. Then you need to ask about what happened. And the now, as I was talking about the day we discussed this, now a lot of other experts are chiming in and saying, yes, what they chose to do was not only ridiculous, it was the worst possible thing they could have done. I just find that can, impossible not to, to, to consider that there could be something more behind that. Now, we're going to talk about Ohio today because it's really important and what's going on around it still. And out they're continuing to see more kind of peripheral discussions like states of emergency being declared in other states. It's really interesting. And then even some overlaps with uh, potential COVID-19 conversations, which we're not even going to get into today. But I'm going to start today with a really interesting conversation about depleted uranium going to to in regard to Ukraine and and just how absurd and insulting and criminal that really is, especially since we discussed in many different conversations throughout the years, Iraq and the depleted uranium and that in in many different locations, the Fallujah and all these different places where we have unbelievably grotesque long term generational birth defects. And now apparently we'll go through it today. They're sending with these tanks depleted uranium because you know, that's what you want to do with open fascist extremists is give them war criminal level. I mean, we already know this has been happening with a lot of different discussions. They're operating biolabs for God's sakes, but we're going to talk about how that is happening and give you a quick understanding of why that's a big deal in regard to Iraq. We're going to talk about a, a Ukraine and additionally for one quick segment on something that I thought was really telling, not even just catching live Nazi symbols on these people. And they try to explain why that doesn't mean what you think it means. 
now live reports coming from uh, quasi Western type mainstream outlets catching live on their on their reports an ISIS patch on a Ukrainian soldier. And then the video seemingly vanishes off that recording or off that post, which I luckily was able to grab it and show you. But I just think this is absolutely, it just shouldn't surprise you at all. Not only is this a conflation with the agenda from Syria, just moderate rebels in Ukraine, same kind of game. But we know that these are people that are extreme, that aren't the kind of democracy scream, you know, whether that's the the illusion of democracy aside in its general sense, but that whether these are people screaming, we want freedom and, and representation and sustainability and equity, or that's what we're being told that they want. And these are the kind of extremists that they've used all around the world. It's a very interesting conversation. And then, of course, the majority of the show today will be Ohio. What's still going on, what some uh, um, earlier points that was that were pointed out to me, I think are relevant and the cover up ongoing, including how this happened, the notifications. There's another word signals, I think notifications that should have gone off. They should have known about and why that wasn't there. actions politically that happened on, you know, leading up to this that sort of allowed this to happen and then where it's going from now. And it's it's an incredible story. So thank you for tuning in today. Let's start off with a really quick point that I think is just, you know, <laughs> I think we all can see now that that story, at least unless it develops into something more, was really just about keeping us looking other directions. For the podcast, that's the Associated Press reporting Romania, Moldo- Moldova, both report strange objects in the skies. Yes, yeah, today. <laughs> Clearly, there's apparently they're still trying. I don't know if unless this is something just random and it was just happening alongside of this, which I find almost impossible to believe. This was very clearly used and designed to keep us looking in other directions. Seeing as how it is seemingly kind of panning out to be weather balloons, as even they report in other countries. So are we really going to be told that they just decided to suddenly acknowledge the weather balloons that are as Burmese and plenty of others have discussed. And I was on his show. We talked about this are just all over the place. We just don't see them because of how high they are now. Suddenly they're being lowered or accidentally lowered or who knows, but why was that this weird cloak and dagger? Well, we're not going to, it's octagon shape. It's round. We're going to shoot it down. We can't give you details, special briefings for Congress. And, and, and that's it. We're still there. We're st- no more information. Really? Because they want us to freak out about what we're not being told. It's, imp- it's interesting. But that is still going. And I genuinely think that something about that was meant to keep us looking in other directions. One other quick point just to kind of throw in because I think it was in- relevant. But also just to show you the willingness of the corporate media to just absolutely ignore things that do not align with what they want you to think or see. And that goes for Fox and CNN despite partisan players wanting to make that the case. Robbie points out that inconvenient reality for the gun control crowd, the shooter at MSU was a convicted felon who was, it was illegal for him to have had a gun at all. He did this with a handgun, not an AR-15. He was previously convicted for breaking a law, a gun law. In fact, criminals don't follow gun laws. We were just talking about this too. Well, this is such a ridiculously obvious common sense point here. The idea being that just because you pass a law doesn't mean criminals will follow those laws. But you see the secret underlying just barely concealed idea is that it's not just about laws. That's a step in the direction of getting rid of them entirely, which is what we pretend on certain sides of the political spectrum are completely fake news and no one's coming for your guns. And then they literally say they're coming for like in Canada, for example. What's interesting about this is this is not barely being talked about. Now, why is that? It was a shooting. It involved a school. I guess it just doesn't matter when it lands on certain sides of the the paradigm, whatever. I mean, just think about how insulting that is. Do these people's lives not matter? 
No, but what it really shows you is none of them matter to the politicians or the media. That means, in fact, what they're doing when they don't cover this in the full picture is exploiting the ones that do fit their narrative, right? And then ignoring them. So insulting both sides of the argument or all sides of the argument, that's the truth. Now, Mark B. points out this isn't inconvenient at all. Less guns means less shootings. Thieves can't steal something that isn't available. Aha, and there it is. And you won't, this isn't even concealed within the Twitterverse, but the politicians won't want to keep it in front of you or let it be you know, openly discussed in front of you. The point is, that's what they're leading towards, guys. Well, okay, fine, then take them all away. Simple. Who cares about the Constitution, right? It's just mind-blowing that these people, and what, these people, this Mark guy can't recognize how they ignored that story? Come on. I mean, it's just transparent team sport politics, always. On that note, foreign policy is just an absolute dumpster fire of the same thing, and it's everywhere, even overseas, guys, but this is manipulation. Just so we're aware, the one quick quick point about occupied Palestine, Robert put out a great article that should just blow your mind and show you how I just openly kind of jokingly wrote in the last title the year that psyops went mainstream. <laughs> well, seemingly more apt than we think than I than I realized as seemingly CIA is just openly talking about intervening in, in Palestine, which is nothing new. As Robert writes about, this is not the first time this has happened. In fact, you could argue the Palestinian Authority in its own right, in its, in its very presence, is a manipulation. And in fact, that's very clearly what we're seeing today. Regardless, as he titled, the U.S. wants to train a proxy force to fight Palestinians. So understand, they're worried about Palestinians up rising up because they're illegally occupied, living in apartheid state, and on and on and on. Like the whole world is now becoming quickly aware of and should have known for decades. They want to train Palestinians to fight Palestinians. That makes it simple, doesn't it? And of course, the CIA stepped up and wants to be involved. This is really happening. The CIA wants to openly involve and train a proxy force inside of Palestine to be able to fight Palestinians who fight legally under the Geneva Conventions against an occupying force. You know, freedom, right? Because we love freedom in this country. The government here loves to scream freedom while every single thing they do is the exact opposite of that. It's a, it just blows my mind how people are still pretending, and it's not just the United States for those that want to pretend that what I'm doing is anti-American. No, what I'm doing is literally quintessentially American, fighting for the American people, the people that believe they're standing up for America by defending the technocrat, elitist, ol oligarch, are the ones that are undermining America, but they don't realize that, right? But in regard to Syria, I just thought this was too impossible not to point out. Human Rights Watch, of all people, not that that necessarily, you know, there's a lot of manipulation in all of these locations. But the reason I say that is coming off the point is Human Rights Watch, even one of the groups that are openly calling Israel an apartheid state today. But, of course, there's plenty of manipulation even in that topic. Here's Human Rights Watch pointing out millions of earthquake victims in opposition held parts of Syria are still without help they need. Oh, got it. So what that means is that the, the places that aren't occupied by the U.S. government and their allies aren't getting help. So... You'd be forgiven for reading that first sentence and think they're going to say something you would, you know, point out the problem. No, no, no. You see, they're going to say with Russian support, Assad himself has now essentially weaponized aid. Can you, I can't even believe they have the nerve to make this point in the set. U.S. sanctions are currently keeping this from happening. And they're going to pretend that apparently they got together and selectively chose where aid would go that is not even breaking through sanctions. That's a blatant misrepresentation at best. And on top of that, we know that what they're doing from the West is actively maintaining a state of destabilization. I mean, this is just disgusting. 
the way they take this. Now, here's an interesting point to make. Check out the fault. Check out the engagement on this, guys. 14,000 views. Do you realize how many followers Human Rights Watch has? 5 million. What does that tell you? People aren't buying it. Not the mainstream people, not the independent people, not anybody. People who follow this are people you would argue are, you know, reasonably mainstream Fox, CNN, mainstream media watchers. There is people are not. That's I mean, this is insulting to everybody because people they've lost touch with even the people they thought they were influencing. Everybody knows that the U.S. government is currently sanctioning Syria unjustly, maintaining illegal occupations, stealing wheat, stealing oil, and completely keeping people in suffering positions and then pretending that it's their fault they don't have aid while you only help one side of you know a NATO ally who at the same time you seem to be manipulating. And it's just crazy to me. Bottom line is, as I said, so Assad's giving himself U.S. sanctions. <laughs> this is willful and grotesque misrepresentation of the eh, son of a gun. I just, you know what? About a quick side note, call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm beginning to feel quite convinced that there is some kind of manipulation. I'm, I type on Twitter and I will write things out that are basic and end up looking back and words are com like ridiculously different. You know, who knows? Maybe I'm just typoing. That's certainly possible too. Not everything's a conspiracy. But wouldn't that be interesting if there's some kind of a manipulation out there that alters things in regard to making important discussions look, you know, come on. That seems like a very viable thing that would make sense with what we know they do. Anyway, not on my stuff anymore. Here's the article if you'd like to watch it for your, or excuse me, read it for yourself. A great article from Robert. Sex sanctions are literally making life a living hell. And then the earthquake, and it's even worse, is the point. Now, point to start off in foreign policy here is that Ukraine is now receiving uranium, depleted uranium weapons. Now, this has been an ongoing conversation where it's been brought up. This has been discussed. Now, this should be something that is so, so completely un. Off the table. This should not even be a discussion. This should not be something where they go, well, you know, we're not going to get into whether or not that's happening. Oh, you mean you're not going to discuss whether or not you are committing a war crime? That's because that's what we're talking about here, guys. This is not something that's a, you know, a possibility. You're using depleted uranium, which is very clearly connected to birth defects when there's no reason to put dangerous, toxic material in this other than to make that happen. And realize that these are things that are waste material anyway. So it's essentially a way to get rid of it and dump it on places where it's not just going to hurt when there's a bomb exploding, but it's going to continue to create problems lasting generationally in the areas where this happens. Look at Iraq. So a great little, uh, I'm not going to watch the whole thing. It's 14 minutes, but I want to play just the beginning of this. A great segment by Redacted. Here is what they're talking about. January 25th, the Biden administration announced that it would be sending Abrams tanks to Ukraine, which is an obvious escalation of this war, something that President Biden said would lead to World War III. Apparently that is out the window. But maybe lost in this whole story is what type of munitions will be used by these Abrams tanks. Remember those depleted uranium munitions that were found in Iraq, which of course maybe led to all sorts of birth defects in Iraq. We're not going to show you the images because they're absolutely horrible, but you can definitely do an internet or a Google search for depleted uranium birth defects Iraq if you want to seek out what those images look like. It's rough. You'll see what I'm talking about. They're hard to look at. We might be seeing similar scenes playing out in Ukraine before long. Redacted correspondent Dan Cohen has this story. Dan, this is an obvious escalation. What did you find out about these munitions and about these Abrams tanks? Yeah, Clayton. So when these tank deliveries were announced, the White House was asked in a background press briefing 
if it would be sending depleted uranium munitions. And the senior official that was on the line demurred and said, quote, I'm not going to get into the technical specifics. So think about how wild that is right there. So what's the implication? So you're not going to deny sending an illegal thing? I mean, to me, that almost makes it clear that they want us to know that that's happening, right? I mean, it's it's not too hard for the U.S. government to just blatantly lie. They do it all the time. It's an interesting choice. But a look at the federal pure procurement register shows two contracts for depleted uranium, 120 millimeter armor piercing M829A4 munitions. These are wow. made specifically for Abrams tanks. They are literally manufacturing these things. Like, I just can't get past how incredible that is. I mean, we have to realize, I mean, they get away with this stuff all the time. Israel, the United States, the UK, or we've seen this happen where they'll use white phosphorus, which is a war crime. That is a chemical weapon. And they go, oh, it's because we want to, you know, it's, it's for signaling or lighting in a dark. Well, it was the middle of the day and you did it over a civilian area. Well, whatever, narrative. I mean, that's literally what we've seen. I've seen it in Israel. We've seen it even in Ukraine. We've recovered Ukrainian military using white phosphorus as well as cluster munitions all of which are war crimes and they just say a narrative and people buy it and it goes forward these are depleted uranium guys we're, we're right now you have all sorts of inaccurate unjustified false allegations being fl- thrown at iran about nuclear programs civilian is what they have and that's been clearly documented as the iaea has routinely said but whatever narrative is what takes the day and the point is that that is what they're screaming about just produce what I've said many times, not to get into the whole conversation, is that they're not even at a point where they're producing enough material to make, turn into the creation, the beginning stages of making a weapon, let alone having one to be used. And here we are where we're watching the United States government produce, manufacture, send, and then make money on depleted uranium munitions when that was a huge scandal in Iraq. So to the point to where it's literally documented in their receipts. Or they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, what the, the term you just used there. Um, here, I'll just play it again. Armor piercicle specifics. But a look at the federal pure procurement register sure. shows right. two contracts for depleted uranium, 120 millimeter armor piercing M829A4 munitions. These are made specifically for Abrams tanks. These contracts were first reported by the Bulgarian journalist Diliana Gaitansheva. Yep, she's always doing a great job breaking down the things they don't want you to see, including the bioweapons, biolab discussion. Who, frankly, is doing better reporting uh, on, the, on the U.S. than most of or all of even the mainstream media. Yeah, she's amazing. What's is, she's, she's fantastic and, and doesn't, you know, just doesn't get the credit she deserves. Right. What's especially notable about this is that these contract tenders were listed in uh, October and December, months before the Biden administration had announced it would be sending these uh, 31 Abrams tanks. Um, so it's it's kind of suspicious timing here. Yeah. yeah, wait a minute. So these these are the munitions procurement contracts, and these were from October. And months ahead of time, we just learned in January, January 25th, as we just said, that they were going to be, and it seemed like they were hemming and hawing on this. Will we send Abrams tanks? We don't think we're going to. We're not going to do this. So sort of back and forth. But these contracts predate right. the the announcement of the Abrams tanks. By If you want to watch the rest of it, oh, this is in the show notes as always. The point is that what it shows you as always is that this the, the hemming and the hawing and the back and forth and KJP getting up and just being 
It's all theater, guys. They made their mind up in October. They already paid for this. They already made them. Now, you could argue that they did that, you know, and then it could change. It doesn't matter. The point is that when they, like, for instance, when they stand up and go, I'm definitely not running for president, pretty much always shows means that they're probably going to run for president. We know these things. We joke about these things. So the game is that they want you to think that this is about some, they're having a hard time deciding whether or not. They will cross these red lines without blinking. So this is happening. Now, here is the intercept coverage of this. The White House refuses to say whether Ukraine will receive toxic depleted uranium ammo. I get that. It just blows me away that this is so clearly on the surface of the conversation. Now, let's go back and show you quickly what this means. U.S. fired. And this is on. This is for. And this is what's crazy to me. This is this is eight years old from The Guardian. Not we don't think we know possibly, but the U.S. for sure used depleted uranium and fired it at civilian areas in 2003 Iraq war, according to the reports. Right. And the point is, when you read through this, this is a big deal. So it's amazing to me that this is so casual, like, ah, we're not even going to get into it. There's been entire studies. This one's from 2021. Weaponized, weaponized uranium and adverse health out- outcomes in Iraq. Now here, by the way, I'm not going to play some. I'm going to quickly show you this. I can't even, I'm, I'm dead. Just like he said, you, you would, there's stuff in here that I literally don't even want to show you guys. You, the link will be in there for you to check out yourselves. Of course, as somebody's commenting Gulf War syndrome, just as always, right? SIDS and SADS and no, it's not Gulf War syndrome. Not, I'm not saying that to the person commenting, but to the government saying that, no, it is depleted uranium causing all sorts of birth defects. And they just call it whatever else they want to call it. They just give you a broad catch all term that just goes, well, you know, trauma and whatever else. No, they know what's going on. Now, there's some stuff just before this, guys, that I, 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 it will keep you up at night. Horrific images of a baby with one eye, and it's just, it's disgusting. It's horrifying. Here's just some images of, of feet, multiple, you know, you can see that there's multiple feet and arms and de- deformities, and it's, it's, it's bad, bad stuff, guys. Just a quick glimpse that these are real children that were born because of what happened. This is what it looks like to have no accountability, to have no justice in regard to what they willfully did. And now they're giving that they're giving this right now into the hands of open fascist, open extremists in Ukraine right now. Now, here's a study back from 2019 on top of the earlier conversations, right on top of the earlier studies, very clearly finding the links to this. A new study now documents depleted uranium impacts on children in Iraq. Same thing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here you should read. It's, It's pretty bad. 2019. But of course, don't forget, you know, as the day as as the as the COVID-19 era has shown us, it doesn't matter how much research has been done. It doesn't matter how many peer reviewed studies have found the same thing. It doesn't matter as long as they end up with the last one saying what they like, that it's all good. Right. The the new one that was done during the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic was supposed to be the biggest in ever time history of all time. But 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 they got this done during that time frame, though. Right. Because that makes sense. Gulf War illness depleted uranium ruled out as a cause of mystery condition completely ruled out according to a new study that was funded by the same people that you might expect. Of course, right? The conversation, you know, because they've been doing well. I mean, my God, really? Like the fact that this this is not for... So we're going to pretend that the very clearly toxic depleted uranium that we all, nobody argues is not toxic, wasn't the cause, even though they bombed these areas repeatedly with uranium, but it was some other thing we can't define, you know, smoke or firing or... Like, read it for yourself. It's this is This is what's happening during COVID right now. La, 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 it's not the thing we know causes heart attacks. It must be something else that's wildly more rare because we want that to be the case. That's what's happening. And now these are being given to Ukraine. Disgusting. Now, on top of that, if you want to understand who these people are, 
other than the open affiliation with neo-Nazi mindsets and open Nazi associations and so on, a very interesting thing here. Now, you, this is Donbass Duvushka, of course, because it comes from a account that appears to be Ukrainian, then you can just go ahead and dismiss it and shut your computer right now, right? Because that's what some people think. But here's what's interesting about this. It's, an, it's a picture, right? And I thought, well, it could be Photoshopped like always, right? Now, anything could be faked. So what I had to do, which is what I do for you, which is why you support this platform, was spend an entire period of time searching this out, trying to find the source material, trying to find the link, which they did provide. But here was the problem. When you go to the actual, and oh, and by the way, here, oh, this is the image. When you go to the actual document they gave you, which think, thank you to this account for actually sharing the link, which is right here, you'll notice, which I found very interesting, the video doesn't play anymore. No matter what I did, opening a different, different like, browsers, everything. Just didn't play. Now, maybe it works for you. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But this is this is uh, um, translated. Let's see. Watch. Watch. It's going to play right now. This is what usually happens when we're live. I'm just going to show you the non-translated version. Okay. So this is what it was, says. This is posted February 14th, 2023. MetroTVNews.com. Now, th this you can check out what this platform is in general. I'm not sure. Th this looks like a translated. Um, here, just do that. It looks like it's all in a different language, so it's interesting that it's that your team. Either way, the point is, that the, in this case, the truth is that the source is important, as always, but the video we were able to find, so it's irrelevant. It's a live video, and we'll show you. Our, we'll show you. We had to download it. Here is the video itself. Now, you can see this is, you know, uh, like a local mainstream channel in, in, in uh, what was it? It looks like a uh, Southeast Asia-type location, right? So here's what's happening. They're talking about this. It's another language. Tell me in the chat, by the way, or maybe maybe it's more like a Taiwanese. I don't know. You tell me what you think. And again, the point is the video itself. So they get to a video where they're talking about Ukraine, as you just heard. I'll play it down here. Actually, oh here, I forgot. I've got the video here. Ukraina menyerukan tambahan amunisi dan pesawat tempur untuk menghadang gempuran militer Rusia. So they're just talking about Ukraine in a normal report about what's going on in Ukraine, and they just so happened to show something that they probably didn't want to be seen, which is probably why I'm going to argue that it was removed. Right there. Live video. You got two Ukrainian soldiers, one of them with an ISIS patch. Or, I mean, let's not pretend that's not what that is. It doesn't surprise me at all, to be quite honest. Now, I'll, t I'll tell you right now, I mean, anything's possible today including editing live video for sure. But let's, let's, I mean, if this is a, a pro-Ukrainian report, let's, let's ask ourselves why that would make sense, right? And it's certainly possible that they just ended up showing something that somebody else manipulated, right? This is what we talk about when I say irritatingly objective. Those are all possible. And you should consider those things, right? Always. But all that being said, it's pretty clear to me that this is real, in my opinion, nah, based on everything we have in front Mereka terus berupaya mengerahkan kemampuan militernya di tengah menipisnya amunisi. Okay, so mereka why terus then, memutar otak mencari lokasi paling strategis menangkis. Why then does that make, why why would that not be important and why would that be taken down? I find that very very interesting. So here again is just the still shot so you can see it for yourself. I find this very relevant especially for those that understand the history around what ISIS truly is. Now actually on that note I'm going to include for you James Corbett's watch along that I was honored to be included with for his three part documentary about Al Qaeda. Very, very important. 
and what it, what you really it breaks down for you is the true history here. It, the U.S. government, and, and also on that note, Ben Swan has an excellent documentary from a long time ago that breaks down. Uh, there's the first, oh, here we go. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I think I've got it up here, actually. Yeah, here we go. This is the better page for it. But the point is that this is a series show. Oh, I was going to say Ben Swan had a great series about the the history of Al-Qaeda and ISIS, that the U.S. government created this. I mean, there's not it's impossible to miss if you care about the facts and actually look at this stuff. False flags, a secret history of Al-Qaeda. The watch along. We go three parts. Please watch this to truly understand. It's undeniable information, source material included. So when we see this, it's, it's not hard to understand the overlap, seeing as how the CIA is completely involved with what's been built in Ukraine as I've shown many, many times. Here's just another video, in a, or image, excuse me. Now this one, again, I, I, ha, I was unable to, I actually didn't even, I was just focused on this one. I saw this one last, actually. All right, let's just do it real quick. Check this out. For those that want to see, let's save the image real quick. Now this, this doesn't always work, obviously, but this is the first thing you should do. 10i.com or any number of other reverse image searches. There, th- th- it, this doesn't always flush out, and even when it does, it doesn't always prove everything. But the point is that this is the first thing you should do to be able to look into this, right? So, okay. So here's an example of the video or the image back in 2017. So that's that's interesting, right? It doesn't seem to align with the point about current, but still could be Ukraine and ISIS overlap going all the way back. Because I'm going to play you a video of NATO Stoltenberg telling you that they've been doing this since 2014, which I don't know if he got the memo, but that's not supposed to be a public point. Try to get one of these that actually comes up. Doesn't look like it. Here, let me just grab this, actually. Oh, it's too small. It's hard to tell. I can't really see. I don't know why these aren't working. Oh, here, let's do that. Nope, of course not. Very interesting there. Don't know why those wouldn't come up. <laughs> apparently, apparently, nope. No, well, let me look at it. Well, in any sense, I can't. Image match your image. Oh, it is the same. There you go. That's the closest we got on it right there. Okay. So you can indeed see the the band, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't altered. Anyway, I'm just making the point on how you can do this. So this is just step one. There's a lot of other things you should we should do to go through this, find out where it came from, look at the sites, and so on. Now, regardless, this my point was this is another image, and you'll find a lot of them. ISIS overlap with Ukraine, as you can see right there, the Azov movement. But that being said, this one is clearly real and clearly being caught live on video. I think that's a very telling reality. Here, by the way, in association is Paul Massaro, foreign policy fellow fighting dictatorship and corruption. Oh, look at that. Azov Brigade. <laughs> are they are they still dipping bullets in pig fat so they can hurt Muslims like they, they openly? Here, let's check it out. Amazing to me, this is still there. They just keep it suppressed so nobody can see it. This is a report from Al Jazeera making that clear. As they say, Ukrainian fighters were greasing bullets against to fight Muslims, greasing them in pig fat. And it says the video is shared directly by the Azov movement and their own account. Here's the actual link right here. And even then they said this tweet violates the rules, but they left it up, <laughs> of course. And this is the National Guard of Ukraine. This is their official account. But see, now this has been sort of suppressed. But here's even their silver tag. Ukrainian government organization. Here they are dipping them in pig fat, going, we hate Muslims because Muslims are bad. You can, I mean, this is a real thing, guys, but totally fake news because we're not allowed to talk about, I mean, here, let's, let's uh, oh, you can't even translate it now. Cool. 
<laughs> they don't want you to see what it says anymore. I mean, th- these are actions being taken, guys. This is ridiculous. It's a Twitter action. Anyway, the point is, it arrived. Thank you, heroes, and congratulations on achieving the state of brigade. It's a, the point is, it's a movement. It's not. It, it was not the Azov militia or the brigade. That's that's one part of it. Don't forget how real and big this is. But the point is, you got a lot of people like this. Three point three million views, openly supporting these people from the United States, not knowing what they really are. Crazy. Now, if you want to understand a little bit more what they are, hey, actually, let's grab this since I brought this up, and then we'll come back to that one. This next part's another example of what these people really are. But here is NATO and Stoltenberg openly telling you NATO has been training the Ukrainian military since 2014. Now, look, that's not supposed to be the point. They lied about that. They've been telling you that's not what's happening. Are we going to pretend that the U.S. government who lied and said that's not what's happening isn't aware of what NATO's doing? That's important. And then we realize that if they have been doing this since 2014, that means they've been openly funding what even the corporate media was calling a very dangerous, internationally reaching Nazi element up until February 2022 when they suddenly said it wasn't the case anymore. But how do you explain this then? It's an important question. Start in February last year. The war started in 2014. And since 2014... Since the illegal U.S. regime change where they completely carried out a coup and shot people in the square, or at least their assets did, and they lied about that, and then since then they've been arming them. I mean, this is very obvious history that anybody with an honest coverage here has been pointing out since the beginning of all this. But we get caught up in the hyper, you know, partisan back and forth just like we did in the early covid days and everything else until finally these things start fleshing out but as always in the beginning you there's a you know whether they're bots or just manipulated people they shoot and shout down every single thing that says opposite of what the narrative says just like one of these points except now we're being admitted to exactly what lots of us were saying in the beginning and guess what they were doing since 2014 for completely continuing to bomb and attack and ethnically cleanse the donbass region as they openly, proudly still say to this day, but the U.S. government says the opposite of. Allies have provided support to Ukraine with training, with equipment, uh, so the Ukrainian armed forces were much stronger uh, uh, in 2022 than they were in 2020, uh, in 2014. And of course, that made a huge difference when uh, President Putin uh, decided to attack Ukraine. Great, great. So they were building this army the whole time. If I said that when this first started, you would have been called a conspiracy theorist. In fact, Twitter at that time would have censored you. Now, the difference is now Twitter just shadow bans and suppresses you and make you don't realize that. And, you know, this is how this is going today. I think everyone's beginning to see this. There is some wild behind the scenes manipulation, I think, more than we've ever seen, quite honestly. But different topic for today. Now, the point was that that's still happening to this day. Now, here is what they're doing to people on the ground. You know, this open freedom-loving democracy that they're screaming about, that they're arming with dangerous munitions and depleted uranium and all sorts of high-level drones and weapons and so on. This is a woman who, by by the way, at first when I saw this, the way it looks, I was, I was, it seems set up almost. But I'm going to show you the article written by a pro-Ukrainian outlet from Ukraine that's proudly promoting the fact of what they did to this woman. A 65-year-old woman, thank you to Lemon's Cat, has been arrested in the Sumy region of Ukraine. Why? Because she dared to say that this was a Ukrainian-started war. Think about that. Think about living in a democracy that's all about freedom that arrests you for saying the wrong thing. Now, who's more like the Soviet-era time frame? Is it, is it what Russia's doing right now, or is it what keeps being shown here? Now, all of them are governments, and all of them, in my opinion, are dangerous and bad. But the problem is that we need to be honest about the nuances of the situation. right? But people love to make the facts about one side pro something else which is just a childish binary viewing of the world which is how they drive you into propaganda using the two-party paradigm but let's watch what this this first video about 
how this goes down, and then I'll show you the article, just showing you this is real. Now, for those in the podcast, I'm not going to say every word. The point is they're asking her, what do you think? And this woman's very aggressive about it. You know, who started the war? What do you think? Follows her down the road. And you can tell that she gets kind of worried about it and keeps going on. And then the next day she gets arrested at her home and they publicized it in an article. The one point I will say, so she's saying in 2014, the war started when the, the when Ukraine begun began attacking its own people in Donbass. I mean, that if you actually talk to people on the ground that are not wildly pro neo-Nazi elements in the country, they will tell you this. Even people in the middle and people on each side, this has been clear for as long as you want to look back. That's why people like Eva Bartlett were so upset when this first started and people insinuated this was a, an illusion to justify something X, Y, and Z. You know, it's being used, that's for sure. But this is real and it has been happening and people have been dying. Now watch what happens. Ukraine is on the side Ну, а на Донбассе чьи люди? Ну, чьи люди на Донбассе? She doesn't want to answer that. You see, on the podcast, you're saying, sorry, I didn't, wasn't going to stop it. <laughs> but she says, whose people are in Donbass then? Right? So you're pressing me about why, if, if Ukraine started this, well, whose people are in Donbass? <laughs> Oops. Uh, there's a good tweet I'm going to share about that in a minute because they're, they're proudly talking about the, what they're doing to the pro-Russian people in these areas. But when she when you pointed out that they're attacking themselves and they started this, well, they'll push back. But when you put to the point about, well, who are they then? Well, no, no comment. It's it's just it's manipulation. It's propaganda. А якими танками тоді Україна напала сама на себе? Російськими, можливо? Американськими. А ви ждете русський мир, так я поняла? А при чому русський мир? Русський мир. При чому тут? Окей, а Тростянець хто у цьому році окупував? Я вам сказала, що я вне політики. She walks away. Okay. Now, admittedly, when I first saw this, I was like, I don't know. Like, it just seemed weird. It was, you know, she's on her phone. But sure enough, and, well, and this is just a follow-up, and this is the article I had to find. Uh, it didn't include a link, unfortunately, but the, I was able to find the link. By, oh, I'm sorry. I take it back. Lemmy's cat, I apologize. Absolutely did. Thank you. Pre uh, respect to you. The point was, uh, this is the, the, I was remembering a different tweet, I think. A woman who claimed that Ukraine started the war against its own people was brought to justice in Sunni Oblast. Now, this, I, just, again, I think it's so important that we include the link materials, the source materials, paramount. But thank you, he did, he did that, so I was able to find this, or he or she. Now here, and this was translated, this is the, a, a local report. The, a woman who claimed that Ukraine started a war against its own people was brought to justice. And if you think that this is even a fake art, look at that. 
Here she is being accosted at her front door <laughs> by the secret police of the of Ukraine. It says, uh, under the pr- procedural leadership of the Sumi Regional Prosecutor's Office, a 65-year-old immigrant from the city of Godar, who denied the armed aggression of the Russian Federation against Ukraine, was notified of suspicion. According to the investigation, lo- during a, a social survey, the woman declared on video, cam- on, on video camera that Ukraine itself started the war. At the same time, she refused to answer who occupied this area. Law enforcement quickly identified the woman and brought her to justice. This is what it's like to live in a democracy? According to the specialist's conclusion, the video recording of the suspect's statements provided for the study contains all the signs of justification, recognition as legitimate, denial of the armed aggression of Russian, which of Russian uh, Federation, which is considered a crime right now in Ukraine, to deny the aggression of Russia. I pointed this out before. The pre-trial investigation is carried out by investigators of the Office of Secure the, the Office of Security Service of Ukraine. The SB, that that's Azov movement, guys. Open neo-Nazis. This is what it's like to live in this location that your U.S. government is proudly supporting right now. Now, on top of that, Zelensky lashes out after Starlink cuts off from Ukrainian drones, which I, you know, who knows what what the decision-making process was for Elon Musk, but I will praise him for this, especially if it's for you know, because Ukraine are doing bad things, but who knows what's really happening. Either way, activist post writes that Zelensky lashed out on the 9th because Starlink was cut off, which is a huge deal. And what's interesting about this is that they remember the whole point about this is that the, the I pointed this out when it happened on October 3rd. <laughs> this is the uh, who was it? The. Uh, I didn't. Hi- I thought I had a highlight. I guess not. Well, a, a high level individual in the Ukrainian government. It's right here somewhere. <laughs> I know it's in there. Anyway, this is his name is Andrej Malink, and he and he responded as Elon, all Elon Musk did was put a put a uh, a uh, no Joe. We're getting to Ohio right the very next topic. Elon Musk put out a a, a post or a a um, poll asking basically about peace. That's it. Not implying any fall, just basically uh, discussing peace and how they could reach peace and would this work? And literally a representative of Ukraine's government that is well aware how wildly dependent they are on this this Starlink process for their drones for military offensive purposes. Nonetheless, he said, F off is my very diplomatic reply to you. That is who these people are, guys. That is the dip. That is a diplomat for or rather a, a, a high level individual in the government who's responding to what Elon Musk said. Now, what I think is very important is that they lash out after he sh- shuts it off. Here is the February 9th post where Sp- SpaceX has now curbed Ukraine's use of Starlink internet drones. Why? Well, because he's saying, I never des- I never th- intended this to for- be for military purposes. Even though that's, I think, absurd. What's interesting is they all have continued to pretend that they weren't using Starlink to direct d- civilian attacks with drones. Or any attacks, for that matter. And they were. So I find that very, very telling. So that's been shut off. So let, I wonder what's going to happen now. Who's going to step in? What more is going to happen? Or if somehow the U.S. government's going to make it a national security interest to essentially make this happen, which is almost what happened before. It's very telling. But let's not forget the reality of this, <laughs> the verifiable facts of the situation, as they are now giving them depleted uranium. Or as Stoltenberg from NATO admitted that they have, in fact, been funding, arming, and supporting them since 2014. The verifiable facts are as follows, and everything is sourced in all the links you can find for yourself. Not just screenshots, but the links to each one of these source material documents, archived and all. The points are the facts. The U.S. Congress made sure the Azov Battalion movement would get 
arms in 2016. Then they said they wouldn't in 2018, and then they did anyway now. Easy to prove. Right now, it's illegal for them to give money in arms to the Azov movement. They do anyway. Okay, that was a fact. It is a fact. They knew that. They openly continued to arm what they said at the time was an open extremist terrorist group. CIA has trained them since 2015. Fact. You know, the CIA has been responsible for the Azov movement training or the, the Operation Aerodynamic, which is the 1948 operation to create a fascist entity in Ukraine to use against the Soviet Union, which is now being used against Russia. FBI vetted that the Azov battalion was neo-Nazi. It's all here and documented. So then why is it okay to give the... It's because they just want to shift the narrative. And then also that it is immersed, Ukraine's government, so they're, the government is overrun with this neo-Nazi element. They knew that. It's documented by the FBI and everybody else involved. You can see it all right here in these documents, that they know this stuff, that it's associated with their neo-Nazi ideology, not just one part of this, but the entire thing. And that the that those in Charlottesville that marched... They will not replace us and so on. That became the impetus for their entire push for MAGA, white supremacy. Well, guess what? That is a U.S. faction openly documented of the Azov movement. The America's Rise Above movement, which is what that was, is the international arm in the United States of the Azov movement, which is funded by the CIA to make them fascist. So whose fault is it that that happened? Are we going to blame the MAGA? No, this is a game. This is a, as I call the vanilla ISIS PSYOP. Well, here's the tweet I was talking about. Ukraine relies on intelligence from U.S. for him are rocket strikes. They rely on everybody everywhere else for everything, apparently, but they're about to win, according to Milley, which is just a complete desperate act, what he said. But he, this is what Shukar424 points out. Think about this, guys. The point about how they've been continuing to ethnic cleanse in Donbass, if you believe that Donbass is Russian territory, right? Which a lot of people do, which it is, by the way, because they, they openly did this, internationally observed the fact that they voted to be a part of it, just like Crimea. The U.S. just doesn't like that, so they say it's not the case. Just like they pretended Bolivia was not in a democratic election, and then the OAS came up and said that it wasn't, but then MIT proved that it was, and nothing ever went back to the way it was. Because, you know, they lie about stuff, and they don't care. But whatever. The point is, if you believe it's the Donbass is Russian territory, well, the U.S. is attacking Russia. Like, just think about that point. Because it is Russian territory. And so if the U.S. is arming what's happening and they're bombing that, well, then the U.S. through proxy is bombing Russia because they have bombed inside of Russian as well. Russia being Moscow and so on or assassinations rather. But it says if you believe. That Donbass is Ukrainian territory, which is the whole U.S. premise. Well, then guess what? The U.S. is attacking Ukraine. Right. It doesn't matter how you spin this, guys. This is an open war being conducted by the United States. Very clear. And then, of course, last point here is that Donbass Duvushka also points out that in Kherson, and this because their post is right here, and this, this is true, a ban on photo, video recording, and the use of DVRs on vehicles has been introduced. You know, because documenting war crimes is so important, right? Just like in Israel, where the same thing happens, right? No, this is about hiding all those images of Nazi symbolism and all the war crimes that are openly being committed that you can see just with a quick dance through Twitter. I mean, it's literally, they are posting these on their own pro-Ukrainian accounts. Think about how easily transparent that is. This was reported on Facebook by Kirsten City Council with reference to the order of the city military administration. The ban will apply on public roads, general purpose facilities, infrastructure facilities, checkpoints, everywhere. The point is that this is going to hide what's going on as best they can. Well, let's give them depleted uranium, you know, because freedom. Well, on that note of the government who's supplying depleted uranium, what else are they covering up that's horribly just devastating and hurting a lot of people? Well, we just talked about Ohio in two shows ago. 
or excuse me, two days ago, last show. I had a great interview today with Sonia Elijah, where I titled it Willful Fraud. Did Pfizer and BioNTech collude to falsify vaccine data? Spoiler alert, yes, they did. Watch the interview. This is a follow-up for Jessica Rose interview that I had with Jessica Rose. Uh, you know, Jessica Rose being the PhD expert on the topic, and then Elijah, Sonia Elijah being the investigative journalist that's been breaking this story down. Great, great stuff. Very important. It's unbelievably obvious how we are being lied to right now about what's going on about the risk of truncated spike proteins, how they knew this was happening, why they lowered artificially the level to 50% so they could meet what they were doing. They're still not even meeting that. On and on and on. This is a game that we are being lied to about. This is willful fraud, which, by the way, would then undermine their indemnity that they get for many different reasons. So this is what needs to be proven. But my point in showing you this first, right, is just think about how crazy that is. The fact that they are willing to openly defraud the public to, to, to push in what they want. But this is what's being exposed right now. This is a un... I mean, I can't even really quantify how wildly important the story is. This is the thread that will seemingly begin to unravel ravel everything behind it. Now, it doesn't mean it's the only one like that. There's a lot of those threads right now. And that's how crazy this whole story is. It's completely falling apart. I mean, let alone the Ukraine story we just covered. Not just that story, but the reality of what Ukraine is. These things are completely exposed right now. So my question... To start, before we even get into Ohio, which is what we're doing right now, is would the U.S. government create an environmental disaster, something like we just saw, so extreme, and then eventually be you know, exposed to be at fault, happily, all in order to hide potentially the largest fraud in human history? I, I would, like, if you phrase it that way, are we really going to quibble about that being possible? We know that's possible. I'm not saying I have any evidence that's exactly what happened, but just consider that as we go through and point out all of the gaping holes in what's going on in the story. Would the U.S. government or some entity, let's just make it as simple, how about Norfolk Southern? Would they be willing to create a huge ecological environmental disaster within, you know, to cover up whatever happened in that 10-day period where nobody was talking about it, or just to create it so bad that we talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it be, and it eclipses the largest fraud in human history. I don't know, but we need to think about that. So let's first start off with a shout-out to uh, Scott's great coverage of this. Of the, I, I, you know, He broke down the segment I did about the train derailment from the two, two shows the two, two days ago. And added some very important stuff. So check it out for yourself. Because Scott, Scott is really doing a great job on this. He, and every single time he does this, he adds to what I'm doing and he makes it exponentially better. So check it out for yourself. And by the way, when you support us through Substack, you support both of us. Which is, as I've been saying, Rebunked is its own thing. But it's under the T-Lab umbrella now, which I'm honored to, to have him be a part of this. And Scott is doing a great job out there. But you'll find a lot of great stuff in here, including the, the continuation sh- or showing you that there's multiple... Uh, crashes and stuff that's happened since then, which we're going to get into a little bit more today. But if you want to get a quick breakdown of the earlier show, here's a good place to start. I'm going to go quickly, like not like I did before, but you know, just give me two minutes to go through quick things that I want to make sure you didn't, if you didn't see the show then, just to make sure you're up to date with where we are right now. So this was the Wayback Machine version, whatever it is now, I don't know, but the CNN article from February 11th, before it had been updated 17,000 times, just to show you what was going on then. So this is Ben Ratner's fan. The point was, first of all, I'm not going to go through the clip today. How ridiculously, what a red flag it is that 
the movie White Noise was made and it was based on an older book. So that's first of all, let's understand that it wasn't just the creation with the movie, but it was an older book that, yes, was chosen. By the way, I, I just realized I haven't got a chance to watch a video that Lucas Gage sent me. Apparently, he find, he thinks there's a connection there to the person who made that movie to some kind of overlap with Israel. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten into it, but it's, it's interesting points that there's something potentially bigger happening here. But the point is that they make the movie. It's in Ohio about a train crash and a what they call in the movie an airborne toxic event and the family that deals with it. And an extra, two of them that were in this movie, live in this town and are now dealing with the same thing that they went through in this movie. It's it's absurd. The mathematical possibility of that is outrageously imp- it's impossible as far as I'm concerned. But we also know that there was a clip, as I played before, about the a simulation taking place during the real event. I just found that almost too much where they're literally talking to each other. And the guy goes, what's that armband mean? And he says, simulated evacuation. He goes, but this is real. <laughs> and he goes, well, yeah, we figured we use the real event to practice simulation. It's, it's a dark comedy, they say. But I found that very, very telling. Just call me a conspiracy theorist. A lot planned, a lot too. But the point was Ben Ratner was one of the people that was involved in the movie and is now living through the movie. He was one of the experts or ex, ex, extra, excuse me, in East Palestine, Ohio. Also, the Palestine overlap, as I pointed out before. Now, the movie was in tw- the 2022 movie was in Ohio, and they, as we said, airborne toxic event was the point. As I got rid of all that, here's the main point. So, five of the tankers on the train that overturned were carrying liquid vinyl chloride, which originally was the focal point and still is. But I have a lot of questions about what happened the 10 days before this, right? Because remember, on the third was the crash, on the fifth is when they chose as I'll read next, to dump and burn the chemicals, which was the worst possible choice they ever could have made, which is just everybody needs to question why. And then on the 10th to 11th is when people began, even corporate media began talking about this. How is that possible? I shouldn't say 10 days, but it's kind of a, you know, moving scale depending on who and where and how it started talking. Again, I promise there was somebody out there talking about this. But then we've now learned there are more chemicals, which I'll get to next. But first responders and emergency workers, as they say, had had to, which was not this was a choice. They did not have to do this. Vent the tankers, spill the vinyl chloride into a trench and then light it on fire with apparently with apparently what were uh, flares. They argued it was going to turn this into a bomb. But the main point here is that the chemical we're talking about, had it been blown up the way that they were worried it was going to, would have burned off the majority of it. Some of it would have gotten into, you know, whatever else, but you would have burned off the majority of it in a a large explosion, wildly minimizing the actual long-term problems. Yeah, sure, some shrapnel might have flown somewhere. That's dangerous. But are we going to pretend like what's happening now is less dangerous? As as, as one expert pointed out that we nuked the area with chemicals? Everybody right now is acknowledging what I said in the very first show on this in, for the for T-Lab was that this was a bad decision, an arguably ridiculous decision. Authorities feared that it would blow up and send shrapnel, but that didn't happen. Why? They control burned it. Evacuation order for East Palestine residents was officially lifted on Wednesday. On Wednesday, right today still, we're finding out it's even worse than they thought. And they were days later saying, come on back, guys. Come on back. The water's fine. Drink your water. I'm not, you all saw this up till now. After real-time air and water monitoring did not find any contaminant levels above screening limits, which, of course, I guess we'll have to assume that that is okay. And then ignore the fact that Norfolk Southern is intimately involved with all of this, the company responsible for what happened. 
Quote, all of the readings we've been recording in the community have been at normal concentrations that you find anywhere. That's what they keep telling us. However, although authorities have assured the residents that any immediate danger has passed, some residents haven't returned home. Ratner, the person in the movie, says they're worried about long-term risks. Why? Because environmental officials are only beginning to assess that. But come on back. We're, we're only looking, we're, we're, right now we're just making sure you're not going to drop dead today. And that's okay to bring you back. This is a cover-up, guys. And I don't even know why they would think it's okay to bring them back, knowing that that might end up hurting them, because that will only draw this problem out, which, again, seems to be the focal point. Every action they make seems to be somehow making this bigger, larger, more damaging, and more harmful. The decision to lift the evacuation order was based on the analysis of the air monitoring. Right. So in a situation where you barely understand what's happening, you haven't sussed out all the chemicals that are even involved, but because the air seems okay, come on back. That is just wildly irresponsible, if not on purpose. Up to this point, officials have been looking for large immediate threats. Again, the point was not, they don't care about the potential, you know, whether you can come back and suddenly have respiratory problems or a headache or cause some other kind of long-term cancer problems. Only looking for immediate threats. Explosions or chemical levels that could cause someone acutely ill. Other than that, we're not even looking yet. And they admit that. But come on back. The cleanup and monitoring of the site has could take years, but come on back. Long-term dangers. Although the explosion risk is passed, people who lived in the area want to know if it might linger, which we're going to get into, guys. Everything about this suggests this is going to go on for a really long time, especially because of one thing that nobody seems to be talking about in the corporate conversation. Fish and frogs have died in streams. That became a real talk, an open discussion. People have reported dead chickens miles and miles and miles away. Dead dogs, foxes, even cows. They say they can smell it in the town. As, as far as, as, I, as I saw even yesterday, I think even today, when asked at Wednesday's briefing about exactly what spilled, Norfolk Southern listed the very the things we knew about. Now ask yourself why they did not then openly tell us what else was on this train. Are you going to pretend that Norfolk Southern did not know? Something was being hidden, and this is my concern. Only now are we getting the new chemicals. So what was going on? What was on this train that they were being very tight to the chest about? What happened in the in the five to ten day period where nobody was talking about this? I mean, consider just as a random hypothetical thought, what if this was a vaccination shipment? Now, I'm not saying I have any evidence about that. I'm just throwing out one of the many possibilities which would suggest something going on like this. Do you realize how dangerous that would really be? One one of these vials cracks, in, as we just covered, and it causes rashes and, and ocular erosion, <laughs> let alone a gigantic you know, shipment or so on. The point is, it could have been that. It could have been in something else. It could have been a DOD military shipment of something far more damaging. Who knows? I don't think it's unjust to ask what happened and why they're being so close to the chest even now. Vinyl chloride, which is used to make PVC pipes, can cause dizziness, sleepiness, headaches, and so on, but is increased to cancer, liver, brain, lungs, blood. How much of the chemicals spilled into the soil and water is still trying to be figured out, but come on back. Ohio's EPA says they don't even know, but come on back. Initially, the most environmental spills. It is difficult to determine the exact amount of material that has been released into the air, water, and soil. The assessment phase that will occur after the emergency is, is over and will help to determine that information. The emergency phase. Lee said that after his agency had assessed the site that will work on a remediation plan. But how are you going to pretend? Oh, excuse me. It says after. Anyway, the point is after. So it's still happening. 
I probably would be more concerned about the chemicals in the air over the course of the next month. State officials said they would continue to monitor the site for exactly that reason. This seems nothing if not uncertain. No one is quite sure whether to trust the help. You know why? Because the vast majority of it is coming directly from Norfolk Southern, who is responsible. Because that's totally okay, right? Well, here is something that Orwell sent me. This is from the 6th, going back to, to one day after they chose to create the biggest environmental disaster we might have ever seen. Kurt Rhodes, and I only say that because of what we'll get to next. That's just what some people are saying. Kurt Rhodes, an environmental engineer on the 6th, an associate professor for Care Western Reserve University, held a conversation about the chemicals and potential harm. When asked if Rhodes could put this on a scale of 1 to 10 in seriousness, this is what he said. Quote, I mean, certainly if I lived nearby th this, if I lived nearby, this would be close to a 10 for me and my family. If I lived in that community, I would be at a 10 getting out of there protecting my family. My God. This is a guy who knows what he's talking about. He's not talking about the train crash. He's talking about the chosen burn one day after they did so. And that's what we're talking about. And he's telling you that is a 10. You know, it's not out of one in a hundred. He's talking about out of one to 10 scale. According to the environmental engineer, the major impact will be felt for years to come as the chemical gets into the ground, water, and dissipates to nearby wells used for drinking water. This has only increased in severity since the 6th. Here is another report coming from um, the 13th, showing you, so again, so the 6th, he was saying that, on the 13th, after all this time has passed, and they've invited everybody back, not even telling them, telling them to drink the water, telling them that it's okay to drink the water, three more chemicals were discovered. What do you mean discovered? How is that even possible? So Norfolk Southern just didn't know? As it says, quote, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open, according to a, mater a hazardous materials specialist. An EPA agency sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating that ethylene glycol monobutyl, I'm probably mispronouncing the last one, uh, and it's ethylhexyl acrylate and isobutylene were also in the train rail cars that were derailed, breached, or on fire. So they held this to their chest until the 13th. I was surprised when they quickly told the people they could go back. But then said if they feel like they want their homes tested, they can have them tested. I would have far rather they did all the testing. Right. So go home and test if you want to. No, he's pointing. He said they should test these before they go back to them. Now, the expert says it's possible some of the chemicals could still be present in their homes and on objects until you clean them thoroughly. Like, okay, guys, if this is inside homes on objects, we are being immediately and still to this point lied to about how serious this could potentially be. Now, Luke Radowski shared this. <laughs> I, it, it, no, there's no comment necessary. You really, If you're on the podcast, you need to take a moment and look at the, look at the image of the show on on Tila on the last American vagabond, just so you can understand how incredible this is. This and understand again, just like I said on the last show, that huge plume and gigantic burn that was they 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 wanted you to think that was because of the train crash. That was because of their choice to burn this. What you're looking at now is because of their choice to create this this environmental disaster. It's unbelievable, and of course, this is exactly the point that I'm going to make in a moment. 
don't worry, just go back to work. The air is safe to breathe, according to the U.S. government after 9-11. And they were wrong, if you want to pretend that they weren't knowingly lying to people. Now, on a quick side note about the coverage, this is very telling as well. The Ohio Assistant Attorney General, excuse me, the Ohio Attorney General drops charges against the News Nation reporter. Well, why did they charge him in the first place? Well, I guess he was talking too loud. You know, while he was reporting, like everybody else was. Oh, so you can't go, hey, can you please not talk so loud? No, you have to violently arrest him? The point, guys, is that he was live broadcasting about what was going on, in my opinion, to be clear. And, and clearly that was not okay. If we watch the video. I mean, we just quickly go through this. I think this is just the video, I hope. Nope. Don't care about what she's saying. The point is they arrested him. Here we go. They came in. East Palestine police say this is when other law enforcement officials in East Palestine. Or you can go to jail. Lambert repeats like, right. I mean, really? Like, so is he being violent? No, he's standing there. So you're telling me he he spoke too loud in a in a conference where other people are also reporting. And and now he's clearly not screaming. He's standing there with his arms crossed and you're threatening to arrest him if he doesn't leave. I mean, why? It's, it's just amazing how willfully dishonest these people can be about every aspect of the, we're talking. I'm talking about the corporate media here. Here's what it says. During the news conference, Lambert was asked to stop giving a live report because he was too loud, according to the government. Officials said, quote, the volume of his reporting was perceived to be interfering with the event. So you arrest him, handcuff him, and, and, and literally take him to jail. Anybody buying that? Lambert was later charged with criminal trespass and resisting arrest. He was released later that night. Now, here's what happened today, or rather since then. My office has reviewed the relevant video, because that was necessary, I'm sure, and the evidence associated, and is dismissing the charges as unsupported by sufficient evidence. Right, so you charge him with a BS, ridiculous thing that you know is not going to hold up just to get him out of the way, and then come back and go, we reviewed it, and it's not true. He's, He's good to go. But what they effectively did was shut this down. While journalists should, could conceivably be subject to criminal charges for trespassing in some situations, I misread, it says could, this incident is not one of them. Gee, do we really need him to tell us that? The reporter was lawfully present at the press conference called by the governor of the state. His conduct was consistent with the purpose of the event. Okay, so what are we talking about? So then explain for me why not only the people involved, but multiple law enforcement forced him out and arrested him. I mean, how do you see this as anything other than a cover-up or something made so they want us to think that's what's happening? Like, again, I'm leaning almost more towards this point of this entire thing, not that it's a fake event, but that they want people to focus on this event more so than the gigantic crimes that are being, have been proven and are still being committed. Just one thing to think about. Now, here's a great uh, clip from The Lever getting into some very interesting aspects of this. There's a lot of people talking about this, and we, we covered this briefly on the last show, about the potential for there to have been, uh, you know, political action. Like, we could look at this two ways. First of all, that outside of a conspiratorial perspective, which is, a, in my opinion, most of how we should be looking at this, the reality that this could just be some malfeasance, right? Where they chose to relax certain regulations for profit, and then this was the result. That's one way you could take this. But I think there's more to this. The point is that this is about what they didn't do and did do prior to this and why it's important. 
saw in the middle of the country a giant chemical fireball, 100-foot flames, and very few people asking questions about what led up to this. So there was a derailment in 2012 in New Jersey. Releasing 20,000 gallons of dangerous chemicals and noxious gas into the air. There's children in the town that are being affected by this. And there was pressure on regulators to do something about those kinds of trains. And so the Obama administration had a rule proposed to better regulate these trains. The National Transportation Safety Board told the regulatory agency, said, listen, these regulations should broadly cover not just oil, they should cover what's known as class two chemicals. And the chemical industry lobbyists went to work pressuring the regulatory agency to limit the definition of what a high hazard flammable train is. Limit it in a way that the train in Ohio, that kind of train ended up not being classified as a high hazard flammable train. The NTSB closely monitoring four cars that are filled with vinyl chloride. It has been found to be linked to cancer. Trains that were subject to this rule were going to be required to use a special kind of new braking system to try to deter or at least reduce the damage from derailments. ECP delivers the unmatched performance of air brakes with the precision of electronic communications. Most trains in the country are still using technology from the Civil War era, but the moment the government was considering making it a mandate. The railroad industry's changed its tune. It cited cost concerns to pressure against that rule. We want to see federal regulations when they're necessary, not just uh, in reaction to a headline in the, in, in the Washington Post. Obama's rule included that measure to expand the larger use of those brakes on the nation's rail system. But in that 2016 election year, the Republican Party got about $6 million from the rail industry. And Senate Republicans started beating the drum for Trump to repeal the rule. Donald Trump repealed the brake rule so that the industry does not have to even start to use these kinds of brakes. One former Federal Railroad Administration regular told us that these brakes, which are known as ECP brakes, would have mitigated a disaster like this. And we just learned today, after the publication of our story, federal officials told us that this train did not have those brakes on the train. Now, of course, it's it's very easy to just pretend Trump's fault and go forward, which is just ridiculous. I don't think this has anything to do with Donald Trump. I think this was a lot larger. This is the problem is that two-party stuff will put blocks in people's minds when we get to something like that from from my perspective it's the government guys all of them like but see when you that kind of thing makes people think that we're somehow shilling for the democrats or whatever because everybody out there calls everybody a shill who says the thing they don't like because that's that's intelligent today right instead of just acknowledging that people can sometimes just be wrong or disagree right but the point here is that this ultimate that it's, it's i think it's ridiculous to pretend this was some kind of you know just trump did it and that's why this all happened which is what of course you're going to hear or be insinuated right but the point to me is that your government always puts profit above safety always just take a look at what's happening today but i think it's much bigger than that as well because don't forget that we have examples of uh, you know signals and alarms that were supposed to be off, that go off but they didn't Right. There's numerous examples of how this very clearly one thing to another. I mean, almost as ridiculous as an Epstein kind of thing where all the cameras were turned away. They were off. They were sleeping. Kind of feels in the same direction. So, I, I, again, but the point was ultimately that that is the malfeasance side to that. Right. And you could look at that as just a clumsy action of the government doesn't care. Or you could realize potentially that it could be something that was kind of set to go forward. We see this. The colla- Like right now, we need let's take it outside of the train specific of Ohio. Let's think about the Great Reset. 
What are they doing everywhere we're talking about right now? Trying to justify the reimagining of infrastructure everywhere you look. And we're seeing this happen everywhere. And then all of a sudden, one after another, train crash, train crash. You know, all have chemicals. Now there's an, by the way, there's a fifth one we're going to talk about today. There's been four of them. Tennessee, South Carolina, I believe Arizona and Ohio. Is it Arizona? I'm off the top of my head. Either way, we now have another one. It's not really in a train crash, but it has to do with chemicals being released. It's just, it seems like it's everywhere. Now, could that be because we are looking for them now? That's something we always have to consider. But I think it's more than that. I really do. So here's a great thread from Kanoa, Kanoa the Great. And I, there's one tweet at the bottom that I really want to get at, but just I want, just wanted to remind, there, there's great clips involved in this, a whole bunch in this thread, by the way. But this guy right here that you're seeing has been putting out a lot of great information. He's been somebody that's been tracking these kind of disasters long before this. And, he may, and in their own documentation, he points out that they themselves acknowledge that not only did they burn this, but they ended up with some that they didn't burn, that they buried under the train and laid track over it. I mean, again, burning, it's one thing, but then guaranteeing there's going to be some that just just falls down into the ground, the water, the ground, the soil. I mean, this everything about this seems like a choice to me. But the main point, and see, God, there's crazy stuff going on. There's animals that are, I mean, if it's doing this to a fox or a cow, mind you, is even much, obviously bigger, then this is going to and is affecting humans. But the main point here was this last one. Great, great point here by, by Kanoa. He says, uh, really, I just wanted to get to the article itself. But a private contractor hired by Norfolk, Norfolk Southern is the group testing the water. Absurd, right out of the gate. They're the ones testing the water, soil, and air quality in East Palestine, Ohio. Ha that group has a history of minimizing the effects of environmental disasters to satisfy its corporate employers. Who could have guessed? After a million gallons of oil spilled on Louisiana town in 2005, after a flood of toxic coal ash smothered central Tennessee in 2008, and after defective Chinese drywall began plaguing Florida homeowners, the CTEH was on the scene saying everything was fine. Oh, and guess what? They were wrong or lying, however you want to look at it. In each of these cases, the controversial consulting firm was alleged to be supplying the data its employers wanted while falsely assuring the public that this, that they were safe from harm. Here's the little screenshot. Here is his sub stack, first of all, which I'll read for you. Here's the actual report. Well, I'll, I'll show you this. This is from 2019. Here's his sub stack. And on that note, make sure you check out our substack, which I already showed you. East Palestine toxicology test relies on controversial consulting firm accused of serving corporate interest rather than public health. Now, he says the center and this it's called the Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health, the CTEH, a private contractor hired by Norfolk Southern to test water, soil and air quality has this history of minimizing these effects. Now, while the Arkansas-based firm, Arkansas, that's perfect, provides consulting services to various industries, it is known for performing toxicology monitoring for the oil and gas industry following health and safety incidents. After a million gallons of oil spilled, as we just read that part, in each of these cases, a toxicology firm was alleged to be supplying the data, or the last two parts we read. And I just want to give a shout out to the Substack and the point you can read for yourself. This is the consulting firm at the center of Katrina and the BP spill is now under fire again. Now think about how dumb that is. We're talking about a group who's constantly being shown to be, at the very least, you know, gaslighting for the, co the corporate entities and was involved with Katrina, which is rife with, the, with corruption, the BP spill, which was horrifically rife with corruption, and is now involved in the Ohio one. 
Again, each time the CTEH was later accused of mishandling data collection, every single time. And companies used them, used their findings to reassure people that the spill chemicals pose no risk. They later find out in each one of these cases that, in fact, they did very clearly have a risk. And now they're the ones telling you it's all good. They're the ones involved with testing to make sure this is okay. Make you feel great, right? Well, here's a, a interview from Tucker Carlson of somebody currently, at least as of yeah, as of this was posted today. Um, I'm not sure. I think this was yesterday night. Residents of East Palestine, at least they're what they say. Take it with a grain of salt. As always, you can consider politics. You can consider whether they might be wrong. Always on all sides. Nonetheless, we are having there's reports everywhere right now including we just spoke with Addy yesterday, or yeah, Addy Ads from yesterday, being on the ground, same point. People all over telling you they're having weird problems, headaches. But come on back, guys. Come on back. We are interested in why it happened and in its effects. And for that reason, we're grateful to be joined right now by Nathan Izotic. He is a resident of East Palestine. He lives just two miles from where it happened. And he joins us now with his wife, Kelly. Thank you both so much for joining us. Are you um, concerned about being there right now? Yes, we are. Very. Very. I bet you are. Are you seeing effects? I mean, it seems from our perspective, hundreds of miles away, like there are dangerous chemicals in your town. Are you seeing the effects of that? Uh, We are seeing them uh, locally uh, inside of our bodies, what we're experiencing. Uh, Local fish in our creeks have died. uh, oily sheens and coloration in our water, um, constant smell of burning plastics and chemicals in the air, um, issues with our dog uh, vomiting, acting lethargic. Um, it's, it, it's scary stuff here, Tucker. Well, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. It's a nightmare. And again, if that had happened in Washington, D.C., no one would be living there right now. Is there any federal presence? Are you getting the sense that anybody to whom you send your tax dollars every year cares about what happens to you? At this moment, unfortunately not. No. So there, there are no EPA officials in hazmat suits, no one from the Department of Transportation's run, you know, walking around trying to figure out how this happened, how to prevent it again, that you have seen? Nobody's knocking on our door. <laughs> how many of your neighbors are still there? Um, our neighbor across the street and our next door neighbor, uh, they came back on this past Saturday as well when we returned back home. And uh, that was days after when they said it was safe to return and we still didn't feel comfortable. And as soon as we uh, got into the Ohio line, we immediately smelled the chemicals yet again. And uh, since then, I now have uh, the chemical burns and reaction rash on my face and my throat is getting irritated again and uh, feeling very uneasy, very uneasy. Man. Now, I don't really see anything on his face, to be quite honest, but that doesn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. That that's what I mean. Right now, if we if we have animals dying, we'll get into a couple more things next about you know it reports like people doing their own independent air tests and showing dangerous levels, right? That, that clearly, if people if cows are dying, if animals are dying miles away from this, which is what we have reports of, if you're in that town, it's even now the argument, even from experts, which we'll get into, especially with the I think it's dioxin we're going to get into next. That's what we would expect. I, I'm so sorry. And I, I'm just assuming, looking at the numbers, I've never been to East Palestine, but it looks like a lot of people there probably don't have anywhere else to go. That's just the thing. What does that mean exactly? Is he arguing they're not rich? 
That's an interesting point, interesting statement. But it looks like a lot of people there probably can. I, I'm so sorry. And I, I'm just assuming, looking at the numbers, I've never been to East Palestine, but it looks like a lot of people there probably don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, I think that's what he means. Just they're poor. That's a weird statement. That's just the thing. Um, I mean, it's we valid actually point. just moved here last last May and got a nice 14-acre property, a uh, place to kind of call our final home, you know. And uh, we're out outskirts of the town where the incident happened but in town i mean it's a very small knit area and uh yeah a lot of them are lower class and low income and fortunately we had a place to go on sunday um whenever we got the two mile evacuation order but um a lot of those families unfortunately didn't and this should have happened on friday you know whenever when the initial crash when the initial when it initially happened and the chemicals were for whatever reason, not released or, or known. And well, we know why, though. See, this that's an important point not to skip over. They chose to make this happen, which Tucker did say in his original report. In my opinion and in my industry, there's a paper trail with anything, you know, especially when right. it comes to rail cars. There are SDSs, there are man- manifests. And right. even if they didn't know, benefit, benefit of the doubt, what happened then, it's a simple call to the producer. Right. And they can have it to you in minutes. So well, there's, right. there's a lot. Exactly there. to the point. Now, why exactly did it take so like this is, again, not just that Norfolk Southern was not telling anybody. Why was nobody demanding that they look they give you the 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 complete um, I'm blanking on the term they use. Yeah, you know, dossier, but, you know, the complete breakdown of what was actually on the train. Why? Why were they not demanding that? I, everything about this is suspicious. It's not just because we're contrarians guys i mean literally everything about this screams that there's something going on behind it just my opinion fishy yeah, stuff right. going on yeah yeah they they know what's in their rail cars of course they do right. uh, nathan kelly thank you for joining us in godspeed in east palestine thank you mm-hmm. this just it's think about living there guys think about going through that it's crazy now by the way i do want to keep pointing out this <laughs> i just like i thought by the way the the coveted gold check in the gray like that's being given to just anybody that they deem a media person not just companies which is what they kind of say on this it says very an official business (laughs) that's not what it is i mean there are individual media personalities that have that that gold check so clearly that's the new blue check i just think that's hilarious as and for the same like i said before i'm not i'm not paying for the one i got now i don't know why i'm not even able to get the benefits from it i just happen to have the blue check it's very strange I tried to post a longer video the day and it just didn't happen. He just said, nope, can't post over a minute or whatever it said. You know, I got to be below so on. So <laughs> it's just funny to me. Here is another important point. As I said, this feels deliberate. Watch my overview and this, the, the, the clip, the, the breakdown that Scott put together in regard to what happened as they're tell- they were at this time telling people to already come back. Here's another example of, of a person on the 14th saying that he's having headaches and he doesn't feel okay lives on one side of the tracks where the train crashed and works on the other side. He owns a small engine repair shop and raising money to help his family. Nathan Velez is here with us now. So you're not really buying what the public officials are telling you about this. Why are you so suspicious? Well, it's not that I'm suspicious. It's just they haven't really told me anything useful. And when they did tell us, we were already given the okay to go home. So there was people already home, and then they released all of the chemicals that were also within that wreck. 
Oh, so they told you to return home and then did that controlled explosion? No, 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 no. The they did the we were evacuated for that. They released the manifest of what else was burned after we were already home. Manifest, that's what it was. Now have you no So think about what he's saying right there, right? So they they the point is that they did not give everybody the complete picture, which I argue is still not the complete picture before telling them it was okay to come back. That shows you that they're not actually considering the full risk, including the fact that they're openly telling you that they're still evaluating it on the 11th, understand. And they told them to come back way before that. It's just, that's just dishonest. It's dangerous. It's irresponsible. Probably, it seems by choice. Notice anything crazy? Uh, people are seeing all kinds of wild stuff. Does it smell funky? Uh, is the water all oh, yeah. murky? What are you seeing? Well, the water, it's hard to see because there's a lot of hazmat employees and, and people still cleaning it up. But as far as the smell, that's definitely present. I was, I can't today where we are right now at my shop. This is the first time I've been here in a week. And I was here five minutes and I had a head, I have a headache right now. And you can smell it. Anyone who comes here who hasn't been here can smell it. Your cameraman smelled it. Oh, my God. And it gives you a headache. He'll probably have one. Yeah, it's not. And then my house is just across the track. The tracks are right behind me on the other side of that wall. There's a creek, then the, then the train. Wow. And my house is on the other side of that, and it smells too. And you can't spend a lot of time here without feeling like crap. And my question is why, if it's okay, if it's safe, and all these people say it's safe, if it's so safe and okay, then why does it hurt? It's safe and effective, guys. It's safe and effective. Yeah, don't don't miss the obvious overlap. I wonder why they're still there. I mean, again, the point is probably like he's like Tucker said. Where, but it's not just poor, really. I mean, right now, the the what used to be the middle class, the, most people in these categories below the one percent just do not, or whatever it is now, do not have a second home, or or people that can you know some maybe people to go stay with, but who has people you're just going to go whole family is going to go live with. In a general sense, most people just don't have that ability today in the, in this country. You know, I, but nonetheless, I, I, if it were me, I, I would, I'd do anything. I would not be there. I would live in a tent outside before I'd live in that down right now. But, you know, not everybody has the ability to do that. Kids, family, job, whatever else. And you have children? I, I do, yeah. I have a, a son and a daughter, a nine-year-old oh. and a, a one-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, my God. And so they're hard. back in school? Or what, what's the plan here? Well, she don't go to school yet, but my son does, and his first, he was they opened today. Um, but God, that's so crazy. We didn't take them because we are not staying here. We haven't been here. We've Good been staying him. at an Airbnb in Canfield. Good for him. And we couldn't figure out See, if we could take him back. We contacted the school, and-, and they have to pay for that, right? So now he's having to pay potentially something he can't afford for. An act that they, I mean, think about that. They chose to make this happen, and now he has to pay and live somewhere else, even though they're telling him it's okay, because we know it's not okay. We don't have a straight answer because they want us to still be residents, but technically we still are. Everything's confusing. Everything is pure chaos right now. Oh, my God. All right, listen, I I hope, Nathan, you get better, and I hope it's not as dangerous as some of these reports are. We hope your family's okay, and this thing gets straightened out, because I don't trust what they're telling us. I know you don't either. Thanks so much for joining us. Hmm. Well, since he mentioned it, I was going to play this later in the show. We're getting towards the end anyway, but champagne jo- or uh, Josh Walker, champagne, Joshy account played. It's funny as I had this off to the side before this ever happened. 
and I wasn't sure where this fit in really. I didn't know what it was re- relating to. Sure as hell seems relevant now. Now, yes, this isn't tr- September 2022. It is in New Brunswick, Canada. But think about the interesting overlap to this. And maybe there's a lot more happening like this than we realize. And just it kept for the podcast, these are a, a man in the river fishing, catches people in hazmat suits, literally poisoning the water. And that is what happened. There's a link to the report beneath it. They argue they were doing this for a certain reason, but are you telling, they didn't check to see if there are people on the river. I mean, the guy literally had to paddle past them. He's like, wait, wait, let me get away from the, I mean, this is crazy. The point is they didn't even seem to care. There are people there, which seems to tell me that it was not being done on, you know, publicly, whatever word you want to use. We need a call out for everybody to get to Miramichi Lake, Miramichi River ASAP. What's going on? Hey, Wayne. How are you? Gee, not you. Man, that breaks my heart. I don't want to be here anymore than you want me here. Okay, what's going on? They're doing their treatment today. So he clearly knows the police officers, right? So they, so they know each other by name. And so he asks, what's going on? And he tells them that these people are here doing what they're doing. Hey, what's going on? No, they're not. I'm going downstream of it. Imagine if he didn't know. Like, imagine I'm, if he stayed around the bend. So you, you don't care that he could potentially be hurt by this? I mean, just think about the level of malfeasance and irresponsibility if this was just a normal thing, let alone not something larger we should be concerned about. Do they not care about the human people that live in these areas? I mean, just it's so crazy obvious. This is like this anywhere you look at the government right now. It's so disgusting. Going downstream. I don't care. Us, uh... Or rather, I have it in reverse, in fact. It seems like he doesn't care, and he's going to go downstream of what they're doing, regardless of which the point is that they're doing this knowing there are people on the river. It blows my mind. Yes, yeah, probably is pretty dangerous, but we're going to turn that off. And if it's that dangerous... Come on over. <laughs> so uh, look at that. So that's the that's the gist of it, guys. They're 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 literally dumping. You just saw it right there. Hazmat suits, the river, the whole nine yards. Now, if you didn't have this link, you might think, oh, you know, and rightly so, question it. But here, federal government approves use of fish killing pesticide. A growing population of smallmouth bass in this lake, and they're basically they're threatening the salmon population. That that's the narrative anyway. I just can't believe that. Why would that even make sense? So you're going to put poisons in the lake that are, I, I mean, there's no other way to take that. Is it some sort of like genetically focused on only going to hurt these types of fish and not the salmon? I mean, what is that? I mean, this is crazy stuff, guys. This is, this is the kind of things that unaccountable power does or do does, whichever we take that. Now here is Instagram post. Now take it for what you will. Again, the, this is somebody's post on Instagram which a lot of random, or rather TikTok, and then on Instagram, a lot of random nonsensical stuff happens on all sorts of social media. It doesn't mean it's fake. I see a lot of, I mean, what we just watched seemed to suggest, prove in a way that this is in fact happening. So we have people also doing these kind of things that you can look up with it all over Twitter. Here's an example of it using one of their air, uh, their um, air quality tests, a, a sensor, and it's showing you that the, the levels are dangerous. That's in the base. That's in the basement of their house. Ground floor. All right. Now again, you know, take it for what you will. That could be something just to get reach, but from what we can see, I, I believe it. I think what's happening right now is quite obvious. 
that we're being lied to about. Now, if you want precedent for that, here's a great post, a hat tip to Lance, 01234567895, where he's the one that posted this, and I just wanted to share it again. With that, the EPA misleads on air quality after 9-11. Right, this has happened before. That's just one of the largest examples. It's happened everywhere you look, guys. This is a real, this is very clear. 2008, EPA misleads the Center for Public Integrity. EPA misleads on air quality. That's a very nice way to put that. People died. People are still suffering the consequences. People in the, in the, in the uh, um, first responders, firemen are still to this day dealing with cancers and all sorts of problems because they said it was okay. Because Rudy Giuliani and plenty of others said, come on back. Come on back. Just like today. Now, here's a really important point to basically finish on, guys. This is from Eric F. Capolino, February 13th. Now, for some reason, a lot of these, these substacks end up kind of weirding out when I highlight it, but the highlighting is the part we're going to read. Palestine, Ohio, or Palestine, whatever they want to say, Ohio train wreck. It's the dioxin. This is very important. Let's just start by pointing out what this says. According to the EPA, dioxins are called persistent organic pollutants, meaning they take a long time to break down once they are in the environment. This is what we're dealing with here. Because of the burn they did. That's the reason dioxins are there. Dioxins are highly toxic and can cause cancer, reproductive and development problems, damage to the immune system, and interfere with hormones. <laughs> My God. It's almost like that couldn't have been picked better, it seems. Dioxins are found throughout the world in the environment, and they accumulate in food chains, concentrating mainly in the fatty tissues of animals. Interesting. More than 90% of typical human exposure is estimated by EPA to be through intake of animal fats, mainly meat, dairy products, fish, and shellfish. Interesting. So let's, let's see what he has to say. It's not, well, it says it's not just what was in the tanker cars, Right? It's what happens when they burn and then combine. So again, not just the burning itself, but the fact that they burned them and combined these things, they made this the disaster that it's going to be and that it is currently. There's no way that they did not know this. That's my opinion, but you proved me wrong. How you? How are we going to pretend that the people involved with the shipping? I mean, for crying out loud, when I worked at restaurants, we have our binders where you. I needed as just as a chef, as a cook, I I was de demanded that I understand the different chemicals we had in place and how they would hurt you at a restaurant. I'm I'm all I've spent a long time and now I'm blanking on the um, material safety data sheet, the MSDS. That's what it's called in a restaurant. So you're going to tell me that a chef is required to know the ins and outs of what is in the restaurant and how they can hurt you, but the owners of this train aren't supposed to know that. They aren't supposed to know that the risks are there or the government. My God. They knew what would happen. They did it anyway. It says, I know of no more serious release ever. Now, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, guys. This is genuinely this severe as far as I can tell. Burning vinyl is the most serious source of dioxin in the environment, whether from trash incinerators, house fires, or chemical spills. We're, that's what we're talking about, vinyl chloride. More coverage of the train wreck in Palestine, Ohio. Palestine, Ohio is missing one word. Most, anyway. Most coverage, he says, is missing one word, dioxin. Now, why is that? As, you, as I read through this, you're going to find that this is a very common understanding. They know this. The EPA sure as hell knows this. Why is it not being talked about? That's a huge red flag. They were reportedly, there were reportedly 14 tanker cars full of vinyl chloride. 
which clearly we didn't get that full number in the beginning, a precursor to polyvinyl chloride. That is vinyl. Burning vinyl is the most serious source of dioxin in the environment, whether from trash. Oh, see there, right there, that overlap for some reason. There was plenty of dioxin in those tanker cars before they even caught fire, first of all. So there was already some present be before they caught fire. I think it's because of the, you can read through this, like the, the fumes and so on. But the point is once they burnt and then mixed is where the real problem becomes as serious as it we're seeing today. This mess of 14 tanker cars, he says, really more than many more, but 14 had vinyl chloride, was then set on fire by the government. Apparently to make it easier to clear the railroad tracks. This was the worst possible decision. It has turned many, many miles into what should be no man's land. Right, so it, it has turned many, many miles into what should be no man's land, but I have lost her, la have not heard one single test. Oh, so his point is, so I'm just making sure it's clear, what they did is turn this into what he's saying, what should be no man's land. But his point is that they let everybody back. Think about that. But I have not heard one single test for dioxin being done. They're not even testing, at least telling us that. Let everybody back in. But his point is what they did should have made this complete. There should be a 10 mile radius around this. Many other chemicals such as PCBs are dioxin like compounds. Talking about PCBs before. Now look at this map, guys. Makes me, I mean, I am right there. Okay, that's this is a re, this is a horror. I, earlier today, I was reading something else, thinking, okay, well, it doesn't look like it's that bad. Well, now I'm starting to get a little more worried about being in Tennessee. Either way, this is concerning. The reach this could have if what he's saying is correct. What do you think that would justify? Infrastructure changes. We made we made a we made a you know choice with a bad decision with limited information as always, right? No, that's not the case. That was a choice. A very well understood choice that was made for per obvious reasons that had nothing to do with safety. I mean, I, I don't even know how you can read the information and think anything else. It says, this is not a local issue. He says, this massive plume will spread far and wide and is being blown by the prevailing winds across Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York State toward the population centers of the northeastern U.S. I mean, realize wherever that one was, let me find it again. The image, the real shocking image. Oh, wait, it's over here. Right there. My God. We're supposed to pretend that that's not something to be concerned about? Incredible. Oh, and then and just in case you want to see the original, you know, that what we had from yesterday. That's, this one is actually pretty alarming as well, just because it shows you this was right when it happened. Whatever it is, I thought I had it right there. There it is. I mean, look at that, guys. I mean, that's just from the sky, right? But that's what, what we're talking about. That was a choice. He says, and via land and water, those toxins can spread in many directions. Via water, soil, movement, and air, since the prevailing winds are, are only on average. He says, and the contamination is so serious that even soil tracking will spread significant amounts. So the very actions. It says, what few people remember is how the town of Times Beach, Missouri was evacuated, purchased by the federal government, leveled, and had its zip code removed from far, far less dioxin contamination. That's a historical fact. You can look up the links in there. It's now a state park, though I'm not sure who'd want to have a picnic there. Here you can see, do not enter possible toxic contamination. 
So far less dioxin than what is currently happening now. They evacuated, bought the land, leveled it, and nobody went back until they built a park. Wow. Now, under dioxins are a hormonal toxin. That seems very relevant to the discussion of what we're being, what's, you know, reproductive, fertility, hormones, all the stuff that are happening because of these injections. It says, but then there is another level of the problem. Now, actually, one point I want to make before we keep going on this, looking at this map, my thought I had the other day, just as it pertains to Ohio, by the way, just to Ohio, the point being, that I said, well, going forward, when, you know, cancer, when, let's just say we start seeing turbo cancers pop up all over the place. Right? When we start seeing that, turbo cancer, doctor reports two out of three cancers caused are now stage four following COVID injections. It doesn't have to be related. It certainly could be. My point is, when we start seeing that potentially happen in Ohio, what do you think they're going to blame? The thing that's been given people four times in a row over the process of three years that causes it, or the thing that they just put into the atmosphere that they say causes cancer? Ah, probably both. But I, one of them is going to be left out. Because one of them was an accident, they are going to argue, and one of them was a conscious choice. I think they both are choices, in my opinion. But the bottom line is that this is going to be overlapped. That's clear. Now, if, let's say, this is bigger than we realize, and it broadens out to what looks like a, a third of the United States... Well, that seems to be much more beneficial to the cover-up of what's happening right now, including all sorts of other things. And you know how easy it would be to argue that these chemicals can cause heart problems? That's probably already being laid out. Call me a conspiracy theorist. That's just my opinion. Here's the point in the hormonal discussion. It says, but there is another level of the problem. God, oh my God, there's another level. On top of how dangerous that just sounded, dioxins are, number one, hormonally toxic. Of course they are. And number two, they are extremely persistent and they then build up in the food chain. So realize, first of all, this means it likely builds up in your body. It says generally in lipids, fats. Okay, well, where else are we seeing lipids right now? Lipid nanoparticles. I just find it very, very interesting. What does that mean? That there's that it will somehow, I mean, I'm not even going to guess into it. The bottom line is there's an interesting connection there and how that would work including on the thing, the vial, the, the lipid nanoparticles themselves in people's bodies, but it says there are by, they are bioactive All, in regard to dioxins. All this BS projected in, onto viruses is absolutely true for dioxins, he says, though the contagion factor is different. Running through families, for instance, passing through mother's milk, affecting whole communities through a toxic release, etc. He's basically saying the contagion fact, contagion factor God, that's so concerning. So the, what, is he arguing that this stuff is contagious or that this can spread? He's saying dioxins are connected to every other toxin issue that ever lived. Think about that. From DDT to PCBs to Roundup, Monsanto, of course. They are orders of magnitude above in their effects, though it's worth reading this for some background. And you can read this link here. I believe this was... Oh, just I'll include that so you can read it. Another one of his posts about PCBs. But he, at the end, he says, one quote is making it into some articles. There is an a one accurate quote about dioxins that is making the rounds in connection to Palestine disaster. And Neil Donahue, a professor of chemistry at Carnegie Mellon University in nearby Pittsburgh, said he worries. The professor worries that the burning could have formed dioxins. So if this is such a common possibility that if a random professor can see it and go, well, I'm worried about that. Ask yourself why CNN, Fox News, or any of the rest of them, or any of the EPA, government agencies, anybody, why aren't they bringing this up? I think it's obvious. 
I mean, it could be as simple as not wanting trying to hide what they're doing because they're hurt because this hurts people. But I think that's much more that's too simple for me right now because it's obvious this is hurting people. Everyone's talking about it. So it just seems like a conscious choice to hold this back because this is going to become a catastrophe. It already is. This will become a focal point of the media. And they'll try to play this as just a, a, a mal, a mal right? they'll always rather be seen as incompetent than criminal. Now, like I said in the beginning of my, my question, I asked, would they create something like this to hide something bigger? Like literally create an environmental disaster while everyone's focused in some ways on environmental discussions, whether challenging them or pushing them. And then use that and take the blame, in fact. Throw somebody under the bus. And then this goes on for six months, and then what do you know? We're already in the technocratic panopticon. And I'm just thinking out loud. My, the point is that this is something that other people should have pointed out by now, including and especially the EPA. Vinyl chloride is bad. Dioxins are worse as carcinogens, cancer, and that comes from the burning. So they made this the problem that it is. Are you telling me the EPA wasn't, didn't know that when they made this choice? How could they not? Dioxins are a group of persistent environmental pollutants that last in the ground and the body for years and have been one of the major environmental problems and controversies in the United States. Dr. Lynn Goldman, dean of George Washington University's School of Public Health, agrees that this is a possible risk. There is more concerned, but is more concerned about uncombusted vinyl chloride vapors that could be lurking in the immediate vicinity. Well, of course, because that's immediate risk right there next to where it's, but it's not the kind of thing that will drift for 10 miles, right? That immediately dissipates and right around that vapor is where it's dangerous. That was the point about why it was so such a, such a bad choice, a knowingly bad choice to dump it all on the ground, let it leak into the ground, light it on fire on the top so it burns, but burns slowly. Instead of letting it explode, which they, oh no, shrapnel, which would have mostly mediated the problem. Until there's been a thorough assessment, the soot, as well as any other material, should be, in my opinion, he says, treated as contaminated by vinyl chloride and or dioxins or other contaminants until proven otherwise. Think about what this expert is saying, guys. Everything he's saying. Until there has been an assessment, at this moment, anything happening in the area, soot, whatever else, should be considered to be contaminated. <laughs> That's not what you're hearing from the companies, from the EPA, or from the, anybody in the government, or the media for that matter. Peter Montague, author of Rachel's Hazardous Waste News, summarizes the toxicity of dioxin in the historical articles below. One part of it says, how can we express this in terms that people can grasp? This is really interesting. Let's, he says, let's compare it to one single aspirin tablet. One aspirin tablet weighs five grains or 325 milligrams. I think he meant grams. One or five grams or 325 milligrams or 325 trillion Fem femtograms. I haven't even heard that. That's interesting. So he says to express one safe, in quotes, lifetime dose, a lifetime dose of, of 23878TC. I think he's just talking about the, um, the discussion of dioxide. He says you would take a single aspirin tablet and divide it into 32 million minuscule pieces. Think about that. 32,172,218 to be exact. Then one one of those tiny pieces would represent the safe lifetime dose. That's where we are. <laughs> My God. That means that the weight of the weight of uh, that. Damn it. See, this was here. Let me just refresh this since I'm at the end. I believe that was all I highlighted. Yeah. Okay. 
It's just hard to read when it's all doubled up like that. So it says that means that the weight of one aspirin tablet is the equivalent of of lifetime safe dose of dioxin for more than 32 million people. One aspirin. They dumped, I I can't, I even forget, tons of this stuff. Tons. I mean, realistically, they're talking about the whole, the entirety of the country 10 times over. Tons. One aspirin size again, which was five grams, is 32 million people. 300 million people in this country. Do the math. This is one reason why manufacturers don't want to distill it out of the products where it slips in. They don't know what to do with it. That's how dangerous it is. So they let it go into the environment, unmitigated. Oh, someone's saying grains is correct? That's interesting. So how do, anyway, I thought, so I thought, I thought about that gram, the milligram. Anyway, I could be wrong. I, but the point here is how seriously alarming this is, guys. And here's the, again, here's the FDA or EPA, excuse me, straight up telling you this. And he talks about lipids in that. They're talking about fatty, the fat, concentrated in fatty tissues of animals. Now also think about that in the context of animals that are out there that don't die. And, and then uh, had dioxin in their fats that continues to maintain then it builds up in your body and so on this is the future that they're hiding from everybody this feels like the largest chemical disaster i've ever seen that they're hiding just like every other time before it now here is a post from the 14th from a different situation so this is the fifth situation that i've seen that involves some sort of accident and some sort of chemical hazmat level leak including shelter in place orders This says a shelter-in-place order was extended, extended Wednesday morning on the 15th today to include a three-mile radius around the scene of a deadly car crash and hazmat spill on Interstate 10. The incident between Kolob and Rita Rhodes forced evacuations in the area Tuesday in Arizona. The Arizona Department of Public Safety, a unified command, said those who are currently evacuated should expect to remain displaced until approximately midday Wednesday. Shortly after the shelter-in-place order was extended, the Vail School District announced that all schools would be closed Wednesday. So more school being closed, more of the same stuff. Arizona DPS confirmed the truck carrying liquid nitric acid crashed in the median before around 2.40 and the driver was killed. Now, this doesn't even remotely begin to seem like the same level, but just it's interesting how these are happening. And it's just an exercise in lockdown, you know, shelter in place, hazmat, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's very interesting. Anyone with the perimeter of this incident, within the perimeter of this incident, is advised to turn off heaters or air conditioning systems that bring in outside air. Three miles. Maybe connected, maybe not. Maybe this just stands out because we're paying attention to these now. But this this is just, there's a lot of things to say about this. But I'm just going to let you think for what you will in regard to, because it's all guessing. We don't know if they're connected ultimately. But here is the February 15th in regard to the state of emergency of as of West Virginia. As of today, guys. As of today. So yeah, come on back and live in your house a moment, like, you know, two streets over from where we burn this stuff, but West Virginia is declaring a state of emergency. The West Virginia Emergency Management Division released a statement Tuesday, yesterday, explaining that Governor Justice's direction, the agency is continuously monitoring West Virginia's water and air quality after the train derailment in Ohio. On the evening of February 3rd, uh, West Virginia was notified of the train derailment. Upon notification, they activated the state of emergency. 
Low levels of butol acrylic reached Ohio River through Little Beaver Creek. So we saw this go very far. A small tributary located on the, on the Ohio and Pennsylvania border. Upon learning of the spill, the West Virginia Bureau, the, the Bureau of Public Health immediately began contacting the five water systems along the Ohio River that could be impacted and recommended out of an abundance of caution to shut down all water intakes until additional information could be obtained. Right. So that's we're talking about that. Though at the time when they were telling people to come back and the water was okay, this is what was happening. And this is being reported retroactive. Like it happened back then on the, what they're saying, the sixth, the point is the 15th, this is being reported. They're still telling people it's okay. They have not ruled out these risks. It says that they detected chemicals at their intake and water source and was quickly switched to alternative supply. They did, in fact, find this in the water all the way at the border of Pennsylvania. On a Monday, as of Monday, at the 3 p.m., the chemical plume was confirmed as a 15th in the Ohio River at mile marker 199. That far away, Monday the 3rd, on Monday 3 p.m., right, on the 15th, this was updated, that they confirmed that plume was all the way... I mean, think about that. Approximately 22 miles upstream, traveling at one mile per hour. It is estimated that it is currently near Ravenswood area, but it's totally fine, though. They're not even talking about dioxins, which is what that is. Testing is being conducted approximately seven miles above the water intake for the city of Huntington. Additionally, West Virginia American Water is implementing an alternative water intake that pulls from the uh, a different river as a precautionary measure. But you're totally okay letting the people live right next to this thing and drink the water right now. I don't even know how you can pretend that this is not catastrophically. I mean, everything about this is bad, it's dangerous. You're putting, I mean, even think about the overlap with pretending that everything you're doing is in the interest of keeping people safe. Take the injections to save people's lives, but go right back to live where it's completely dangerous and we all secretly know it's dangerous. Now, one last part on this. This clip is interesting. Now, I believe this is from before this happened. As it says, October 17, 2022. East Palestine is known as the place to be. It's way ahead of the curve on the program to provide better treatment for everyone in the event of an emergency. We learned how it works and how it could help everyone in East Palestine. That was in October of last year. This is what we're talking about. So apparently they got to test out that system. You want to see what it's about? You're not going to be surprised the overlap to COVID and emergency situations and so on. All town to make a big impact. Yeah, East Palestine's excited to make an important medical device available to all 4,700 residents. I told you about it in October. And Sunday, there's a special meeting to share more or start signing up. Well, seeing as how we said October... I found this right at the end, by the way. So if from October, then obviously it's after that. So what's interesting, by the way, well, let me, we'll play it out. We'll talk about it afterward. The My ID program is ready to roll out in East Palestine. It's a medical information system which helps first responders provide care. And it gives us that rapid information that we may need should somebody be unresponsive or having some kind of medical emergency. Well, wouldn't you like to see that data right now? Right? Are they going to tell you? Are they going to let you know that everybody in Palestine, Ohio, is suddenly having a medical emergency because they all have these bands that will tell them that? No, they wouldn't tell you that. Who knows? My ID provides wearable devices or key fobs which have QR codes. Emergency responders use a camera phone to access important medical information. It shows them the underlying medical conditions you've supplied about allergies, medications, even emergency contacts. 
Now, if you're going to believe that that does not have the ability to transmit that data without that QR code, then I think you're being wildly naive. That's just my opinion. That information could impact treatment decisions if a person can't say it. All of the information is HIPAA compliant. My ID is... A my, my point is you don't need a watch size thing to have a QR code. You would just need a very small... You would need a sticker. That's quite a bit more than a QR code, isn't it? Explain that to me, that all they're showing you is the scan. Clearly, there's something more with that device, which obviously overlaps with everything we're talking about. As even Klaus Schwab said, it's going to start with the wearables and then become the implantables. This is what we're living through right now. That's what this is. In the one location where this started as, I mean, think about that. Available in East Palestine in Unity Township. The fire department will demonstrate it to other departments which provide backup. My ID can be used anywhere. Sunday, residents can learn more during a special meeting at the East Palestine Community Center. We want to bring people in to get um, signed up to pick their device if they want um, and just so we can see what, how, who all is interested in it. People who are ready can sign up and pick their device. It's free. The village has $5,000 in donations to cover the first phase of 250 devices. Anybody that's skeptical, please come on down, sit down, talk to us. We'll be happy to show you everything that goes on with it. We'll be happy to show you how secure it is. Now, people who sign up Sunday could get their devices within a couple weeks, and that's when my ID will go live. Any phone camera can open it. Well, I'm certainly glad that I looked this up. I got this right at the end, and I just looked this up quickly while I was playing. So a couple weeks. Okay, so this was three weeks ago, January 26th. Give or take. Well, no, it said, that's weird. It said three weeks on here. Oops. Oh, it's right here. Hold on. Oh, that's what I did. Let's do this. Just going to look again real quick. East. Palestine. Weeks away. Right. So it says three weeks ago. That's interesting. Here's the link even though the date looks different. So yeah, right there it says three weeks ago, which is interesting. But anyway, so the point is, they so basically two weeks later, they, they argue they gave these things out, which puts that pretty much right before this started. <laughs> One more coincidence to all of this. Gee, I wonder, what, what are they all wearing these watches? That's what they seem to suggest. Small devices ready to be used. In any case, find that pretty interesting the overlap there and how this is you know arguably being used in the location where they just had one of the largest environmental disasters in history it seems i guess we'll find out later if that is connected and what's going on there in any case i've just blown away truly blown away by how how severe this seems and how openly they're i mean i almost want you to notice that they're not telling you all that's going on you could decide for yourself what that means. I'm genuinely on the level now where I'm wondering whether or not this was something that was created. Now, and it's not just because that's the easy thing to lean into, be like, you know, wonder whether this was a false flag or a hoax. It's that every single example of the evidence we're looking at is, okay, well, they, they knew that before they went in. They knew that would cause a problem. They Everyone now looking at it going, why in the world did they make that choice? You know, that doesn't prove that it was on purpose, but it sure as hell makes, allows you to ask that question. What did they, why would they choose to make this worse at every level? Do the one thing that they would know would create the most dangerous thing. <laughs> and then say, hey, come on back. Well, we don't even know if it's safe. 
arguably when they know for sure that it's not. <laughs> I mean, this it's a crazy time we live in, but I'll tell you, the evidence is there. More and more people are beginning to are, are willing to acknowledge the fact that just because the corporate conversation deems a conspiracy theory almost pretty much almost always means that it's not willing to ask the question. We should not be afraid to ask any question. And that's why I appreciate you all. Thank you for being here. Make sure you support T-Lab in general. Make sure you check out any. There's a lot of different ways you could support us from Truth Clothing, from the Substack, from, you know, like Rockfin, for example. You can sign up for the Supremium. That will support me in that way as well. There's a lot of different locations you can support this platform. Our autonomy course you can support, which is down in the show notes. There's a lot of, a lot of ways you could support us. And I'm tell, as I've been bringing it up, guys, it's more important than ever right now. There's a lot of things shifting. There's a lot of things we're adding, right? And it's important that we continue to grow this out. I feel like at this point, there's never been a more important time to support the last American Vagabond. And we have the direct portal on the website. You can donate directly through Stripe and everything else. But we need your support, guys. Because not only do we, are we trying to grow and do more as our revenue is attacked on a day-to-day basis, but we're being attacked and suppressed more than I think that I've seen in a long time. So we stand up for you every day. Stand with us. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.